Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Charles McElroy, and he is founder of Goldleaf, which is a printing company for cannabis growers, patients, and enthusiasts. We're going to find out a little bit more about the really interesting products that he creates, and we're going to learn why he creates them and a little bit of his background. So with that, Charles, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Bruce. Happy to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited about this because I was I was going through some of your products, and uh, I was you know formerly an architect before I got into uh, technology and business coaching and all this stuff. So I, this is a fascinating kind of moleskin meets Edward <laughs> Tufty kind of uh, information graphics kind of things. Um, so I'm really I'm really curious to kind of hear how you came up with ideas, how you came up with the products. Uh, but before we get into those, uh, would love to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how uh, you know kind of professional background and how you got into the cannabis business. Sure. Yeah. So my my background is uh, varied, like most people's, I, I assume, and I'm I guess classically trained in in computer science. But I, I wouldn't say that that's kind of been a passion of mine. It's kind of just been something that I felt my my mind was wired for. So so yeah. a lot of it kind of came easy to me. But yeah, it's never given me a great deal of joy. 
directly, although I have used those those uh, teachings and, and skills uh, in a lot of other ways that have given me joy. So yeah, yeah beyond that, I definitely have kind of been around. I, I studied um, permaculture a bit. I've, you know, tried my hand, uh, in that side of things. And uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of have always also been, been keeping up with my creative side and, and I've been a designer or an artist for as long as I can remember. And, you know, that's taken different flavors throughout my life, but I'm, I'm really uh, excited at kind of the, the end piece here, which is, uh, in my opinion, like a perfect, uh, melding of the analytical and the um the creative thinking uh which which gold leaf is kind of the the vehicle for that and um yeah so uh you know i i also spent some time uh, in the entrepreneurial world uh, prior to gold leaf with a uh an organic clothing company uh, okay. that we helped start and and my part there was kind of running the um the online operations and then the sourcing and the product development i wouldn't call myself a fashionista or anything like that <laughs> but uh but i did i did really enjoy the uh kind of learning the textile world and, and, um, you know, getting to know the, the different factory partners. And one of the things we did with the clothing company is we focused on sourcing everything as close to home as possible. So we were able to find like organic cotton in Georgia, get it milled in North Carolina and, and manufactured in Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we've kind of turned over the leaf or whatever the expression is there. And, and we've sold off the company and that was, that was kind of what gave me, uh, I guess, a taste of the entrepreneurial world and giving me the confidence and, and self-reliance to kind of start Gold Leaf. So, yeah. you know, from the ashes comes uh, something something else, right? So, no, exactly. It's all it's all a circle. I've, I've uh, worked with many entrepreneurs who have cycled through, you know, various businesses and, and startups, both successful and not so successful. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's always going to be kind of the next, uh, the next venture, the next uh, project, the next business. So I get it. I get it. It's a cycle. Yeah. So you spent some time at Marijuana Policy Project, MPP. How did you get involved with them? And what did you learn, I guess, in your work with uh, with that side of um, kind of the cannabis uh, space? Yeah. So, you know, I'm based in Ohio at, right now, and that's kind of where I grew up a little bit. You know, like I said, I'm back here now. And so I, I kind of have always thought of this as my home, even though I've I've hung my hat in many places in, in the country. Yeah. So it was important to me that we had a kind of responsible legislation for for the legalization of cannabis, either medical or recreational or however it was going to shake out. And it's kind of been hot and cold in Ohio. You know, like Ohio is a big swing state. There's I think a lot of clout is held here as far as other Rust Belt and Midwest uh, states kind of seeing what what we do. Um, And let's see, I'll probably get the years wrong here, but uh, it was (laughs) 2014 or something, we uh, we had a um, initiative on the ballot that okay. was a little messy. It was going to essentially give it was like a, m- a monopoly type organization where a few a few high bidders would basically get exclusivity to yeah. small uh, number of licenses. Yeah, and, yeah, and so a lot of people in the state who were very pro, you know, a responsible policy balked at that as I think they probably should. Yeah. You know, some people have the sentiment like pass it now and then fix it later. Others were like, we only have one chance at this. Let's do it right. So it obviously did not pass. And the next foray was when uh, MPP uh, came to Ohio with interest on uh, creating a a fresh ballot initiative that was a little bit more, you know, uh, egalitarian and fair to everybody. And uh, that was kind of cut off by 
Ohio's conservative government. Yeah. They they said like, okay, MPP's basically batting a thousand here. They're probably going to get something passed, and we have an opportunity to essentially kick them out of our state by passing our own thing. So you see conservative politicians actually passing a a um, a measure without the ballot, uh-huh. uh, and I, I think we're still the first state to have done that. So they passed a preemptive ballot initiative, which strategically made MPP say to themselves, yeah, this isn't worth our time anymore. You, <laughs> you know, so yeah. we're going to go to the next state. So my, my role there was kind of, you know, getting ready to do some boots on the ground work and just general grassroots volunteering uh, until it kind of all fell apart. Yeah. So I uh, kept my ear to the ground, went and attended the, um, the various discussions that uh, our legislation had with, you know, with um, citizens. And, you know, largely they were very they were very liberal in those conversations, but behind closed doors, it was kind of the opposite. So yeah. where we're at in Ohio is we do have a medical policy okay. that was rolled out in kind of a intentionally slow as molasses type of way. Yeah. But that was a while ago. And now it's, you know, we're actually behind all of the legal deadlines they set for themselves. But I don't actually think there's repercussions there. Yeah. But, you know, all that to say, uh, medical is legal here and has been for technically over a year. Uh, but just just now we're starting to see the first, you know, facilities opening up, yeah. grow facilities, dispensaries, labs and all that. So it, it's exciting to see those opportunities open up for, for the people here in the state. And I think the sentiment, uh, especially what we've experienced with Goldleaf, has has totally changed since 2012 or 2014, whichever year I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, having kids really changes your, uh, yeah. your timeline. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does something to your to your memory and your brain cells. I think I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good. I'm glad you shared that because I think that you know, for our listeners, you know, un- understanding kind of the nuances and and some of the drama that happen on a state by state basis is important. You know, everyone kind of hears this. Uh, you know, this, this trend of, you know, all these states uh, passing legislation and then there's cannabis businesses everywhere. And, and the fact is, is that it is, each state is actually quite different. The dynamics are quite different. You know, how it, the sort of interaction between politics and culture and society, you know, really is, really is unique and creates unique situations. And, and uh, you know, the story of, you know, how long it's taking, you know, just because a measures are passed or a ballot passed, legislation is written, you know, doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's cannabis on every corner, you know, setting right. up the, you know, the licensing, the regulation, the operations, the real estate, the facilities, the testing, like all that just takes, it takes a while, you know, so as much as this is, you know, kind of overnight boom of cannabis, it's, there is a delay and there is a process to it. So, okay. So Ohio right now, medically legal, limited, limited availability, you know, which is not, uh, you know, not uncommon, I I think in a, in, in several of these kind of states that have uh, been adopting the last couple of years, but, um, Mm -hmm. uh, good. So I think that gives us a basis on how you've, how you've connected to the, to cannabis and and what's going on in Ohio. So, so tell us about, uh, gold leaf. So, you know, uh, from a entrepreneurial point of view, it was the Phoenix rising from the ashes from uh, a fashion textile uh, company. When I guess when when did the spark happen? When was the idea? Give a, give us a sense of what these are because we mentioned they're kind of publishing and we mentioned there's these kind yeah. of journals and stuff. But t- talk to us what the products are um, and then you know what was the what was the moment of inspiration? When did this come to you? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I've I've um, kind of been been passionate about uh, cannabis for for a really long time. That was you know I mentioned kind of having that that experience out in Colorado with growing a bit. And uh-huh. I think the the inspirato, I guess, yeah. came 
it's been in my head for a while because I, I noticed that a lot of these, uh, these hobbyist growers, uh, would always keep journals when I was, when I was living out there and dabbling, I would do one, you know, as well, obviously larger operations, commercial facilities are going to probably either be automated or using something a little bit more robust, but that's not, that's not a big portion of the grower population. Like there's a lot of individuals who who grow their own medicine or, or their own, their own stuff. And, it just seemed like that was something that I would enjoy. Um, I've I've always kept journals for all the work I do, and I I always really enjoyed user experience and layout. Um, that's those are my favorite uh, components of design and yeah. um, and technology. Um, so it, it it's kind of there, there's not like a, a eureka moment. I would say it's just kind of something I've always uh, been batting around. And even when I was keeping my own journals, I would draw. Uh, little uh, graphs, uh, like blank graphs that I would fill in later so that when I could uh, come back to a page, I could, I could see uh, the answer I'm looking for really quickly and easily. So it was after the, the clothing company, when uh, some of, some of my colleagues started getting burned out as, as I was, um, that I kind of just mentally shifted gears and started focusing a little bit more on uh, developing the uh, creative assets for, for Goldleaf. And I really wanted to, to do the patient side first. I have a lot of family. I, I mentioned before we got on, on the air here that I, a lot of my family's from Michigan. A lot of them are veterans. And they've, uh, you know, experienced a lot of issues from their service, uh, yeah. from Agent Orange, from uh, cancers, PTSD. And uh, some of them have used cannabis their whole life very successfully to help combat some of those symptoms. So I've seen the medical benefits of it. And it's just kind of been been ingrained uh, with with me as I as I grew up. And so I wanted to do something that helped uh, that side of things, but I wanted to do it right. So the development of the patient side of, of Goldleaf's uh, line uh, mm-hmm. took over a year. I passed it through as many experts as I could before we released our first version. So in a nutshell, we started with the grower side first, which okay. was kind of like our way to do a proof of concept where we essentially created a templated journal, kind of like a uh, an A5 size moleskin. We had a, a pocket size as well, except it was it was templated and guided. So if you don't know what you're doing in the growth space, there are prompts to indicate what you should be tracking, what you should be writing down, and how you can repeat your successes uh, yeah. in the garden. So each journal is kind of made for one grow. I thought that that would be a good a good way to kind of index your progress mm-hmm. um, instead of having a, a really you know long one that would be less likely that you could easily find the answers because that's a big part of the whole point of this is is for it to be a tool for yourself. So that's uh, that was kind of our initial uh, product was was the the grow journals, and yeah, as I mentioned, the the patient ones were were shortly behind. And um, as as I was kind of developing more content, I was working with other experts in the space. Um, I brought on some more designers to help with some of the, the busy work, and we started focusing essentially on creating really unique IP for for the cannabis space. So these are all educationally focused, science forward pieces from like art prints and posters uh-huh. that are, you know, perfect uh, for like a dispensary or a doctor's office or anybody who basically is just enthusiastic and passionate about the science behind cannabis. So we've, we've got a lot of like you know, normal, normal people who, uh, who buy our <laughs> stuff as well as, uh, as well as other businesses, because that is something that, 
that I, I learned was uh, very, very missing in the cannabis space. And as I was developing the journal side, this never really changed and it still hasn't, yeah. which is the the lack of education in these states. And, and what we were talking about earlier with how every state rules things out differently, that's part of the problem. There's not a yeah. unified yeah. Uh, like system of, of measurement even, or, you know, as far as potencies and, and how to, how to grade different cannabis products. Uh, as well as like general education, it, it's really interesting. We at this point we do a lot of B two B type of um, work, like uh, custom custom work, custom projects, where we're either making a product or we're making uh, education for them. And if we have a client in Florida, what we're designing for them is so different than if we have a client in California. Uh, and the difference is just the the general, uh, I guess, zeitgeist of what people know. Like in Florida, there's a lot of educating folks on the differences between indica and sativa and how that's really not a great way to think about it anymore. Yeah. Whereas in California, everybody knows that. Uh, so so the, the types of design uh, contracts we're, we're doing in California are very different. They're, you know, maybe a little bit more um, in the weeds, you know, like a, a piece focusing squarely on decarboxylation. Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, some, yeah, something like that. So it's fascinating the the differences there. And, you know, from Goldleaf's standpoint, we try to, part of our mission is to make the complex things behind cannabis interesting and approachable. Mm-hmm. So we cover all these topics and we try to make, make kind of like a unified, I guess, menu of, of information and something that somebody in, you know, a new state, a brand new state uh, that's that's new to everything kind of like Ohio versus place like like Oregon they would be accessible to both kind of groups so that that's something that's that's real important to to what we do at Goldleaf and you know I I think I've I've probably uh talked way past your question. No, no, that's fine. I mean, I think it's it's interesting because I think on one hand, you know, I've been looking through the products and, you know, on on one hand, they're highly informational. I mean, you're covering some really interesting topics and and there's actually quite a bit of content on there and and a lot of kind of explanation and education. On the other hand, they're they're quite beautiful pieces. They're quite aesthetic. Do you see these as something that you would hang in kind of a consultation kind of space where someone's in the throes of figuring out what products to use or in the lobby to help add to the kind of the aesthetic appeal of, of an environment, which which is your primary focus or intent here? Yeah, that's a really good call out. So I, I've always found that if, if a design is, is pleasing, if it pulls you in, then that just makes it, that makes the, the information contained in it that much more pleasing and likely to be retained. Yeah. So that's kind of been something core to everything we've done, which is really make sure everything is kind of kissed with that that aesthetically pleasing touch yeah. on the first go. So the, the short answer is both of those uh, avenues are, are perfectly awesome for us. And, and we do have, have some of our prints uh, in more, you know, meat and potatoes, patient experience type places, as well yeah. as more, you know, maybe, maybe nicer up or upscale dispensaries or, or co-ops or something. So I, I think they're uh, they're not necessarily made for for one or the other. Uh, we just want to make sure that the design integrity is high because yeah. that that's another thing that seems to have been missing uh, at least for the most part in the cannabis space is is that that more the style of design I guess that we're using yeah. uh, it's it's a little modern minimalist you know we pull influence from like the Danish modern movement and yep. Bauhaus and uh, that kind of stuff and people like that it, it's it's kind of in right now I guess uh, a lot of other 
you know, other brands not in the cannabis cannabis space will use that. And I, I think it's potentially disarming to people, which is what we want. Yeah. Well, I think that's a big one. I mean, I think you're hitting on an issue that's come up in, in several conversations I've had, which is, you know, as as this space kind of expands and, and more and more people get, you know, kind of into the cannabis space or as the cannabis space grows, you know, we kind of struggle with this traditional pot culture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll call it, you know, uh, you know, there, I think there's an aesthetic or there's a, a design, you know, power behind it that I, you know, I think has been there for a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, as it comes into kind of more mainstream markets, yeah, I think it's been problematic, right? I think people have, you know, been challenged by it. And certainly sure. I think as we, as we grow and as we're, you know, bringing more and more people into the market, there's going to be a need for, you know, lots of different segmentation and, and brands and stuff. So I I mean, I guess, you know, me personally, I mean, a part of it's having been an architect and you know, having a, a design background <laughs> myself, you know, there, there is an immediate draw to it. I mean, there was an immediate, wow, this is something quite different um, and quite well, you know, thought out and, and well considered from a design point of view. And, and not just, I mean, uh, you know, aesthetically, it's quite good, but from an informational design point of view, it's just really kind of thinking through, you know, how to create, uh, how to create something that is, yes, yeah, is, is aesthetically pleasing, but also, you know, informationally helpful and accurate and insightful. So, you know, I'm curious on the journal side and, and we can geek out on journals here a little bit, but, uh, you know, have, having done various journals, you know, design, personal, otherwise business over the years, I've always found there's a couple of different benefits of journals. I mean, in terms of the, the ones you have here, as I kind of look at them and I'll kind of explain for readers, you, you mentioned that they're templatized and it's, it's fascinating. It really is. It's kind of a, uh, it's a map. It's a sort of informational map of what you, what you need to capture as you go through your process. So if you're on the grow side, you know, it has little boxes and charts and diagrams for kind of filling in everything you need. I guess, is, do you see this as like a recipe kind of instruction book? Or is this the kind of the science notebook to go back and review notes post? Or how, how do you see this being used by, uh, by folks? And we can talk about the, the grow side for a little bit, just because that was mm-hmm. the first one that you did. How did, how did that play out for you? Yeah, I, I honestly think the answer would be very different based on the subject you're talking about. So, okay. so we cover grow, as you mentioned, uh, medical uses, as well as uh, cooking and culinary and then just general enjoyment where the focuses for each are very different. So the growing, I think it's it's pretty logical. You'll you'll use it to track your entire growth cycle. You're capturing things like your feeding schedule, yep. uh, your custom feeding schedule, your your either monthly or weekly outlook, when you're switching your your nutrients. They're open-ended enough to accommodate pretty much any growth style from, from hydroponic to soilless or organic or whatever you're doing. Got it. And then, you know, the idea being that you'll kind of create a series as you go, and then you can look back at what was that, you know, what was that grow I did uh, two times ago? Uh, what was happening in week seven? Because I'm still getting like these this yellowing of, of something, yeah. you know? So it's, it's a very simple way to go reference something. The medical side is is very different because um, we did develop that hand in hand with with physicians so that it follows. Uh, it really is a, from a patient experience, not a cannabis forward piece. So, you know, the the idea being there is is there's a few positives to it. One, uh, you're creating your own your own log that you can use to to be kind of a bridge between you and your your doctor or your your caregiver. Uh, as a conversation piece, they can kind of monitor what you're doing. So if you're brand new to it, it's perfect. Even if you've been using it for a while, it, it's also very helpful because there are prompts that let you get into things that you maybe haven't thought about or haven't done before. Uh-huh. So there are there are prompts for things like what other medication are you on? Have you yeah. eaten today? Are you dehydrated? All of these little things will play a part in your experience with your therapy. And 
you know, furthermore, people always ask why, why we don't do like an app or something, especially like with, yeah. when I have a background in, in development. Um, <laughs> it's a bit uh, of a Luddite like, approach to this process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it really is. And, and, you know, my answer is like, why would I do that? I, I don't see the merit because uh, writing something down in, with an analog tool has a number of additional benefits, especially in the wellness space. So it's, yeah. it's meditative. It forces your mind to recompose thoughts as you're writing, yeah. which helps memory. It's, it generally makes the experience of thinking about yourself as you're going through this experience. It, it makes you more cognizant of things. Um, there are no distractions. Also, you're never yeah. going to need to update it or yeah. uh, <laughs> charge it. You know, yeah, any of that stuff. And you know, so, some folks have issues with with vision and and um, and their eyesight. You know, not, not blindness, but uh, glaucoma or yeah. other other types of of eye strain especially when you're when you're using cannabis and uh, a screen is really really difficult to yeah. want to continue to use when you're doing that. So for all those reasons and more we we did focus on on the um the pen and paper approach. Um that's also a little more secure and it's also again more approachable to people. Everybody knows yeah. how to use it. Yeah. And a big part of of Goldleaf's aesthetic why we chose to do this very clean and clinical look to everything we do is like we were talking about earlier to to avoid that polarizing like look of, of stoner culture. Yeah. So, you know, people uh, slightly older than myself will have lots of different connotations with cannabis versus somebody younger than myself. Yeah. I'm in my 30s. And I think that the way that we've kind of undertaken this, it elevates the whole subject. And it's it's tough for somebody to kind of just write it off or, yeah. or toss it out the door because, you know, I wouldn't say we take ourselves overly seriously, but we do, we do kind of champion the subject as something that, that is worth showing in, in this kind of more, more clinical way. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, the, the, the journals definitely kind of carry that through, not only visually, but in the voice, they, they guide you as far as what you should think about and put down, but they're not telling you what to do at all. Yeah. We're, we're intentional not to do that because what the science tells us is that there is still so much more to know. And there are some, some rules of thumb that are starting to kind of bubble up that everybody's accepting yeah. as kind of the fact. But um, for the most part, everybody's different. And the science just shows us that, that because of that, you can't really say simply that, you know, this is the dose you should start with, or this is the, the cultivar that is going to give you the best results for, for Parkinson's or anything like that. Yeah, no, I get it. So you mentioned a couple of times having, you know, worked with users or experts, you know, in, in terms of developing these, any interesting kind of uh, surprises or epiphanies or experiences that you've had in getting feedback from folks? I'm always curious about, you know, folks that actually sit down and, and really do customer development. I mean, really sit down and, and work with the people that are going to use this and, and have them interact with it, observe them, get insights, incorporate those insights into, you know, future versions. What were what were some learnings or takeaways that you had from that process? Yeah, again, every every kind of subject that we tackle is, is very different. Uh-huh. So I again I would say the medical side is is the most complex and robust. It's the one that has we've spent the most time on. We've passed it through the most hands. We're on the twelfth version of our patient journal, for wow. example. Yeah, we do print in small batches for 
for the reason I mentioned, like stuff changes and we want the ability to update it. So we've negotiated pretty great deals with our, our factory partners to be able to do that. And we're coming out with new additions about every quarter to every half a year uh, and updating things accordingly. So yeah, with the patient side, it's funny. So the, the initial uh, year I mentioned of development, I was partially searching for, for a, a doctor who would let us publicly use their name. Um, a lot of my connections with doctors were in Texas, Tennessee, and Ohio, and all states that don't have great cannabis policies, or at least didn't. And although they were very helpful I, I was not able to use their names publicly because it would yeah. be a danger to their career and their, their practice and all that. Yeah. I, I have since found some that are totally fine with it. And Good. they've like Dr. A.D. Poe is is a co-editor of, of our recent editions. And she's kind of vetted everything we had already developed and, and signed off on it and added some of her own insights, which were very, very cool. And, and I'm happy to talk more about one of those. Like, And she had a good point. And it's something that we had started doing but didn't do in a in a consistent way and i'm glad that we've kind of righted that which is always as part of our communication always using the correct vernacular because uh words matter and you know so we're not using marijuana that's no surprise but we're also not using strain um okay that that's something that she said, and, and other doctors have said this, that that's for that's specifically for viruses. That's for those types of organisms. Interesting. Uh, the proper term would be cultivar for, well, for a strain, you know, yeah. For, um, yeah. for a specific piece. So yep. that that's something that's still not that common. And uh, when I say that word, Using context clues, people get it, but yeah. we, we've sensed kind of, that's just one example. There's there's a handful of, of terms that we try to, you know, I wouldn't say popularize, but just use correctly. Yeah. We do have that science forward touch. Uh, so I think it's appropriate to always use the, you know, the scientific vernacular and, and ensure we're using the correct nomenclature and in, in any of our published works. And, you know, that was something that was, that was pretty cool to have her share. Even looking through, uh, you know, at the source medical journals and stuff, you'll see these incorrect terms, quote, <laughs> incorrect, you know, it's, yeah. and really, you know, you're talking about changing, changing like a worldview, because when a scientific paper is referring to something as marijuana, they're not doing it to harken back to the derogatory yeah. history or whatever. It's just what they think people know it as. Yeah. And so it's trying the to old, reference it. I am yeah. what I think you think I am yeah. argument. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I I like it. I mean, I would say that, you know, the products are quite powerful, you know, very well made. And, you know, they they clearly have an intent. And I think that, um, you know, that that comes from kind of that attention to detail and attention to value. And and I think your focus on some of these, you know, language nuances and, you know, being clear uh, and being precise on that is clearly a value, you know, comes up on the designs and stuff too. It's clear that you're, you're taking that kind of attention to detail in all, all levels of the product. So, you know, I applaud you for that. I think it's, um, you know, I think that having a core value like that and, and really making sure it's, it's threaded through everything that you do is important. So we're going to hit time here. If people want to find out more about Goldleaf, about the products, about the journals, about the prints, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, uh, so our, our website is our beating heart online. You can find it at goldleaf.org or shopgoldleaf.com. And uh, I, I'd also say if anybody's interested in in seeing some of our, our, our inspirations, our design inspirations, since we've been talking a lot about that, yeah. um, we've got, we, we keep our, our Pinterest account and our Instagram account uh, pretty updated uh, with kind of 
visual things that we're inspired by or other things that we find neat in the cannabis space. Great. And uh, yeah, those are those are the two best places. All right, I will. Uh, I'll make sure that the URL and your handles on on Pinterest and Insta are on the show notes, so people can click through and, and see those. Charles, this has been a pleasure. It's really uh, it's great to uh, spend some time with with someone who's looking at the design side and the information side and, and creating some really nice products. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate your time, and and um, I'm I'm glad that we had an opportunity to chat. Yes, no, we'll we'll do it again soon. Cool. Thank you. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.